This podcast is a production of Phoenix Media. Explore more episodes of this show and other great shows on the Phoenix Media Podcast Network by visiting phoenixmedia.us. The views expressed do not necessarily represent those of the company or its advertisers and may contain language that's unsuitable for younger listeners. Laugh it up, fuzzball. I'm about to do to you what Limp Bizkit did to music in the late 90s. Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another brand new episode of the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. It is Wednesday, March 10th. We are your daily dose of laughs and levity in a crazy, crazy world. I'm joined by my co-host, Mr. Tony Sanfilippo. Tony, how you doing today? Good morning. Doing good, Christian. Uh, another fun day. Uh, right uh, start of snowmageddon here in Colorado. Apparently the snowpocalypse is supposed to hit this weekend, and uh, it is currently snowing, lightly, but it's snowing here. Yay. <laughs> and it's not supposed Other to stop good, for man. another... How are you doing? Pretty good. Uh, your snow's not supposed to stop for another, what, five days or so? Yeah, it's supposed to start a little today. It was not supposed to be much of anything today other than a little snow here and there. Uh, it really starts tomorrow, goes all the way through Monday. So should be fun and definitely puts a damper on weekend plans. So I'm hoping that it ain't nothing and it's just like a little breeze by. But I've seen a lot of photos up from Wyoming, from where my sister's at and everything. And that same storm is moving its way this way and doesn't look promising. Which sucks. Well, we got a little dusting last night, and obviously, you know, March 20th is the start of spring. My guess is that Mother Nature is just trying to get it out of the way before spring officially starts. <laughs> right. Well, you know, here in Colorado, March seems to be, they always say March is the snowiest month, I believe. So, makes sense. It's, it's uh, you know, par for the course, as they say. Exactly. Well, folks, let's go ahead and kick things off the way we do each and every day with a question from my co host. Tony, back in your days over on Shriver Lane, uh, you had a neighbor who had a uh, infatuation with wrestling buddies, the stuffed wrestling uh, pillows. Yeah. How do you yeah, did. how do you think his parents should have dealt with that uh, issue? I don't know if they knew. Uh, <laughs> dude was a little hornball. Um, I forgot all about that. Um you know, that would have been one of those weird conversations. Um, like, maybe they say, maybe they tell him, uh, hey, I'm not going to use his name. Hey, it's it's not okay to do that to your stuffed animal. So, <laughs> so and for the record, like, the dude used to have, like, he had this Hulk Hogan, like, wrestle buddy, and there was a hole in the crotch. And he said he used to put his thing in it because it, it created body heat. <laughs> Sure, sure. Well, hey, brother, I'm gonna show you what it's like. 
Well, hopefully somebody had a conversation with him because uh, chances are he could have ended up growing up like this guy. A judge today ordered a psychological evaluation to help determine the competency of a Florida man charged with having sexual contact with a pair of large stuffed animals at a Target store. During a circuit court hearing this afternoon, Judge Kathy Ann McKeighton appointed a psychologist to examine Cody Meter, 22, who has been charged with criminal mischief and exposure of sexual organs, both misdemeanors. A further hearing on Meter's ability to stand trial has been scheduled for next month. As detailed in police and court records, a target loss prevention officer told cops that he watched as Meter took a stuffed unicorn to the children's bedding department where he exposed himself and, quote-unquote, took the unicorn and placed it against his penis and began a sexual motion like the subject was trying to have sex with the unicorn. The target employee said that when he walked into the aisle where Meter was, the suspect stopped and placed the unicorn back on the shelf. (laughs) Meter, wearing shorts and a Star Wars t-shirt, then went to the front of St. Petersburg store and picked up an Olaf Snowman stuffed animal and began having sex with this stuffed animal, and it was all on video, according to the target worker's witness statement. The subject finished having sex with the stuffed animal and did the business, wiped it off, don't want to get into that too much. Uh, while Meter was uh, Meter was engaged with the Olaf doll, police were already en route to the store, which is about 10 miles from the defendant's residence. As seen in the video, a store surveillance camera recorded Meter's interaction with Olaf, a character from the Disney movie Frozen. Apparently he really, really liked Frozen. And uh, there are pictures, there is video. If it's something you want to see, we are going to post it on our Facebook page. But... Uh, Somebody's somebody needs a little bit of help. Yeah, go get insane help. Are you kidding me? Like stuffed animals and in public? Yikes! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have no comment. I mean, it's just wow. It's uh, it's definitely uh, it's weird. Yeah, it's just weird. It's funny when I pulled these stories, you know. Yesterday afternoon, you know, I, I read it. I'm like, ha, ah, that's hilarious. First thing in the morning, not as funny as I had hoped. <laughs> no, no, it's like kind of just disturbing a little bit. It is. It like, is. no, if he's like just being a clown and he's not really screwing the doll and he's just like pretending, he's like, or something like that, whatever. Oh, no. Like, it's, it's, it's kind of a gag. Or, or putting stuffed animals in sexual positions and then walking away at the... Like I have a that's feeling. Fine. I have a feeling you've done that once or twice before, Tone. Maybe, maybe, maybe <laughs> I have done that. Uh, but hey, I've never done a stuffed animal, and I never will do a stuffed animal. That's just messed up. Probably a that's, good idea. Well, what's yeah. not messed up is today's show. We've got a wonderful show lined up for you today. Let's talk about today's show, shall we? Hump day, yeah. Yes, it is Wednesday. It is hump day. And as we do on Wednesdays, we have words are hard. We have a segment called Disneyland Secrets. Our call-in topic today is rejected. When were you brutally or hilariously rejected for a date? We have unpopular opinions. We round out the day with this day in history. And Tony is up next with the entertainment news. Folks, do not go anywhere. We will be right back.
Get everything you need for the Christian Phoenix Radio Show over at phoenixmedia.us or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash phoenixmediaradio. Now back to the show. We are back, folks. This is the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. Now, we've got a little thing called the Phoenix Line. It is our 24-hour-a-day, seven-day-a-week voicemail line, giving you guys, the listeners and watchers, an opportunity to chime in on anything whatsoever. Maybe you had sex, sex with your stuffed animal. Maybe we don't, we don't want to know wa- about it. We but. don't want to hear about it. We don't want to hear about that in, at all. In any case, the Phoenix line is 855-PHOENIX-RADIO. That's 855-F-E-N-I-X-R-D-O or 855-336-4973. All we ask is that you keep it entertaining. We'll compile those together, put them out in a future show. Now it is the second segment of this show, and you know what that means. Tony's here with the entertainment news. Good morning, everybody. It is Wednesday, March 10th, and here's your Filippo Fest. Coming to America had the biggest streaming movie debut during the pandemic, according to Amazon. It's not getting very good reviews, but it is being streamed very well, so kudos to Eddie Murphy's new movie. Uh, The Queen's Gambit will have a musical. It's currently in development, so if you're a fan of The Queen's Gambit, there you go. Never seen that either, have you? I I know it's about chess, but I I don't see that it's ripe for a musical. Yeah, I don't know. Queen 8. (laughs) There you go. Sing it, baby. Uh, Super Nintendo World will finally open in Japan on March 18th, so if you plan to be out there, you will be one of the first to see Super Nintendo World. Yahoo! Xbox officially completes uh, Bethesda acquisition. Uh, Bethesda makes games like Fallout. um, Skyrim. Skyrim and all that stuff. Uh, I didn't know what else they made other than Fallout. They're also Uh, doing the new uh, Indiana Jones game. Oh, there you go. See, look at you, Mr. Knowledge. Former Chicago Bears lineman Kyle Long plans to unretire. No word if he'll go back to the Bears, but I would assume that's pretty likely. Um, and that is your Filippo Fast Five. Now we'll go into the actual entertainment news. And we start with a little Zack Snyder's Justice League. Some HBO Max subscribers were trying to watch Tom and Jerry, but were treated to the first hour of Zack Snyder's Justice League 10 days before its premiere. HBO Max accidentally leaked Zack Snyder's Justice League ahead of its debut later this month, playing the four-hour superhero movie for some users who have been trying to stream Tom and Jerry 10 days before the movie's official premiere on the streamer, which is March 18th. Uh, many HBO Max subscribers began posting images of themselves watching the Snyder Cut. This includes a man named Doug Bass, who told The Hollywood Reporter that he was able to access the first hour of the movie before it was cut off. The CGI finally rivals that of Marvel, and you're going to love it. That's all I'm saying. No spoilers. Get excited, Doug wrote on Twitter. In a follow-up tweet, he confirmed that the error has since been fixed and further teased the, the quality by writing... They figured it out. They cut the feed. But I can say the first hour or so of the Snyder Cut is the best DC film I've ever seen. Where's my money? I gave you good work. Where's my money? It's all part of the plan. That was a good movie. THR reports that uh, their attempt at their own stream of Zack Snyder's Justice League had worked as well. At first, they were greeted with an error message when they started playing Tom and Jerry before Justice League started. 
Many other HBO Max subscribers are trying to get watch the movie with mixed results for some. Tom and Jerry is now playing normal when selecting it from the home screen, while others were able to catch an early viewing of the first hour Snyder Cut. HBO Max has fixed the error, and um, and it just keeps going on repeating this same same thing. That's one way. We got to watch an hour about it. But That's... you know what? It might even just be sly marketing. It's getting people to talk about it. Yeah. Or right? or that's one way to boost your Tom and Jerry numbers because uh, for all intents and purposes, that's a terrible movie, according to Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, I was going to say, did you watch it? I know you no. got HBO Max. I was wondering if you checked it out. Yeah, not if I can help it. <laughs> you, that bad, huh? Yeah, I have no desire to see it either. But uh, I will watch Zack Snyder's uh, Justice League. And let's see, we got a, we got, what, 10 more days as of the writing yesterday. So we're looking at... Not this Thursday, but next Thursday, that'll be out. So for Snowpocalypse, it would have been perfect to watch it if I right. had to be indoors. But and I'm going to be in California that weekend, so I won't even be able to see it for that four days. i got to wait till I get back. California, you'll be heading down to the Golden State down south. It's the old state I used to be the governor in. But now I must be here in Colorado with the Snowpocalypse. Okay. Enough of that. Um, so this is not 100% confirmed, but it is time for a little Star Wars rumor time. This is making quite the rounds on all the entertainment sites. Um, this one should excite the fans of the franchise, as a new report claims that Disney is planning a Luke Skywalker series for Disney+. Plus. The brave little farm boy that could, Luke Skywalker, introduced audiences to the wonders and mysteries of the galaxy far, far away, and is fully deserving of his own solo series. But is this something fans would want? Let us know below in the Phoenix fan box down there. The proposed Luke Skywalker show would be reportedly set uh, sometime between the events of Episode 4, or sorry, Episode 6, Return of the Jedi. But for now, sources cannot confirm exactly how the series' time period would relate with Disney's hugely popular The Mandalorian, or whether it would follow on from the last time audiences saw Luke make a surprise cameo. What they could confirm, though, is that the series could take place sometime between the defeat of the Empire at the end of Return of the Jedi and Luke's decision to exile himself to the planet of Octo. Uh, this is certainly a lot of ground to cover between the two events, as we already know that Luke begins training a new band of Jedi in that time and has hit the old age by the time he decides to go and live in as a life of a hermit. While we did learn several details about the time in Luke Skywalker's life, uh, both Star Wars Episode Seven: The Force Awakens, and Eight, The Last Jedi, the establishment of the new Jedi Temple has yet to be fully explored, with Luke no doubt getting all kinds of angst while teaching his students. So if this ends up, they, they, they bring up would Mark Hamill be brought back, well, obviously, if it's going to have to be older, it's got to be Mark Hamill. It can't be anybody else. Um, I I would be down with this. It doesn't, you know, I I would be on board with the Luke Skywalker series. Um, don't know where the timeline falls. I'd like to know how he became a hermit. I feel like he was wasted in the new trilogies. So definitely. Uh, would definitely like to see a little bit of a series. But, you know, I'm always down for anything Star Wars if they could tell a good story. It's a crap. Yeah, no, so uh, if it falls in between episodes six and seven, um, you know, it, it may just be the continuation of him training the child or Grogu. Um, yeah, you'd have to de-age Mark Hamill a little bit, 
But the other name that I've seen thrown around is uh, Sebastian Stan, who has a very good resemblance to early Mark Hamill. That would work. That would. I've seen a lot of those memes and uh, stuff you see online about that uh, with them side by side, and it is pretty uncanny. So, most definitely, yeah. And you know, obviously, we don't know how busy he's going to be uh, portraying the Winter Soldier, but you know, this could be a whole nother franchise for him. Absolutely. Um, and I think I got time for well, maybe one or two more stories here. But this one came out early this morning. And it's a pretty awesome news if you're geeky and nerdy like Christian and I. But uh, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles are coming back. Yeah. They're coming back to video games, baby. A new side-scrolling beat-em-up video game in the vein of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, uh, Turtles in Time Arcade has been announced uh, by publisher Dotemu. I hope I don't think I'm saying that right. It's like dot emu, basically, <laughs> if, if you just break it down, right? That's what it says. Liberty, and developer Liberty, Liberty. Tribute. Sorry. <laughs> that's that's, right. that's Limu. De- Limu. Developer Tribute Games in partnership with Nickelodeon. The new game is titled Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge. It sees the returns of Leonardo, Donatello, Raphael, and Michelangelo to kick butt, take names, and eat pizza with new yet familiar renditions of the iconic designs from the games and television shows that capture the hearts and minds of so many kids. That's us. And the reveal trailer which is out now online. Check it out. I highly recommend it. Has Faith No More's Mike Patton singing the classic theme song. Um, if you're unfamiliar with Dot Emo and Tribute Games, both have made names for themselves working on retro titles, often with lovely pixel art. Dot Emo, for example, was involved with the most recent Streets of Rage 4, which was an excellent game, and Wonder Boy the Dragon's Trap. With Tribute Games, developed titles like Panzer Paladin, Filth Hook and Mercenary Kings. Never heard of any of those. In other words, two companies very much know what they're doing and proved it more than once. With Bebop and Rocksteady amassing gizmos to support Krang and Shredder's latest scheme, TMNT Shredder's Revenge finds the Turtles battling through a breathless tour of iconic TMNT locations to thwart their nemesis, most diabolical plan yet. The official description of the new announced video game reads... Armed with shell-shocking new abilities built on the foundation of classic brawling mechanics, the gang are in for an exhilarating foot clan stomping romp, leading through the sewers and busting burrows of New York City all the way to Dimension X. As noted above, TMNT Shredder's Revenge is set to release for PC and consoles. No specific release date or further details into what system it might appear on have been announced just yet, uh, but definitely go check out the trailer for TMNT uh, Shredder's Revenge. It looks fun. It looks kind of not quite the same graphics as the arcade games, but the same gameplay. And it looks more like Scott Pilgrim uh, versus the World game in that art style, which is fantastic. It's done by the same uh, writers and stuff with that as well, which I think is cool. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I, I love the old turn- Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle arcade games. What would be awesome is if they added more playable characters. So if you could play as like April O'Neil, Splinter, Mondo Gecko, Metalhead, you know, any of the, you know, surrounding characters would make the replay value of that game so much more fun. Oh, absolutely. Um, But that'll be coming out and we'll definitely keep you posted. But with that being said, we've got about a minute to roll through quite a few birthdays. So we'll keep it brief. It's my birthday! 
Ah, beautiful country singer who won seven Grammy Awards from 2007 to 2015 and won American Idol in 05. Carrie Underwood is 38. Uh, Bad Bunny, he's a very popular Spanish language uh, sensation. He's 27. Uh, Olivia Wilde, she was with Jason Sudeikis, and now she's with Harry Styles, and uh, she's 37. Uh, he does not look this age, and he still has badass sexy white teeth. And that's Mr. Chuck Norris. He's 81 today. Wow. Can you believe that? 81 for Chuck effing Norris, man. <laughs> Always remember that in dodgeball. <laughs> um, Emily Osment um, is the older sister of Haley Joel Osment, or younger, I don't know. But sister is 29. Robin Thicke, which is Alan Thicke's son. Um, he's also a host on The Mass Singers, 44. Sharon Stone, famous for Basic Instinct, is 63. John Hamm of Mad Men and in the upcoming Top Gun Maverick is 50. Justin Herbert of the Chargers is 23. And lastly, badass singer for a badass band, Breaking Benjamin lead singer, Benjamin Burnley is 43. And that's your celebrity birthdays for March 10th. And folks, that does do it for the entertainment news. When we come back, it's Wednesday. We explore words are hard. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back after these messages. After these messages, we'll be right back. Get everything you need for the Christian Phoenix Radio Show over at phoenixmedia.us or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash phoenixmediaradio. Now back to the show. Now back to the show indeed. This is the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. And many of you are watching us as we speak on social media, on Facebook Live or YouTube Live. Now, if you want to get a hold of us on social, I'm available at facebook.com forward slash Christian Phoenix Radio. That's Christian with a K, Phoenix with an F, radio, of course, with an R, or on Instagram and Twitter at Phoenix Media Radio. Tony's available at facebook.com forward slash Tony.sanfilippo. That's S-A-N-F-I-L-I-P-P-O dot nine four, or on Instagram at Tony.sanfilippo81. So that may change. That may change here in the uh, near future as we try to uh, find a uh, badass radio yeah. name for Tony. Trying to find some radio name. Exactly. San Filippo is awesome, but it's it's a long name to spell. Not only that, but your Facebook profile is private, so uh, when people do try to uh, friend you, uh, you don't necessarily accept them. So <laughs> <laughs> no, it's true. I do not. So we just need to set up a page where you can just follow that and. That's it. Exactly. Well, folks, it is Wednesday, as we like to do on Wednesdays. We take a look at the English language and the weirdness and, uh, of it. You know, basically, we grew up learning English, but anybody who has English as a second language realizes that uh, it's not one of the easiest ones to learn because of the strange rules, or in this case, some of the idioms that uh, we've come to know and love. Now, Tony, do you recall what uh, an idiom is? Refresh me. An idiom is a common saying that has a origin sometime in the past that uh, just becomes commonplace. So, for instance, break the ice. That would be an example of an idiom. So what, okay. I, what I'm going to do is I'm going to run down some of the uh, newer idioms that we haven't covered quite yet. 
ask you, Tony, if you know what they mean, and then uh, explain the origins, so that way drop a little knowledge on you as we like to do every once in a while here on the show. With that being said, let's go ahead and get into Words Are Hard. All right, Tony, the first idiom, bite the bullet. What does bite the bullet mean? It's go ahead and just, even though it's going to suck, you're just going to go ahead and just do it. Like, you know it's not going to be something you want to do, but you might as well just just do it. Yep. To accept something difficult or unpleasant. Uh, The origin of this, in the olden days when doctors were short on anesthesia or time during a battle, they would ask the patient to bite down on a bullet to distract from the pain. The first recorded use of the phrase was in 1891 in The Light That Failed. I think back on, like, the Civil War and having to have a limb amputated or something along those lines with no anesthesia. I don't know if biting the bullet would be enough to uh, distract from that. No, definitely not. Like the old days where you had to like, you see people bite down on something while they're getting stitched up or something. Yep. Yeah. No, thank you. (laughs) Not for me. No, thank you at all. Let's keep moving on with words are hard. (laughs) We're talking idioms today, not idiots, idioms. Uh, Tony, the next idioms. one. Next one for you is to butter someone up. It's to tell them what they want to hear by complimenting them right before you're about to ask for something or you're about to do something that they're not going to like or you just want to make sure that they, you put them in a good mood before you present whatever you're going to present. Exactly. Impressing somebody with flattery. The origin of this, well, this was a customary religious act in ancient India. The devout would throw butterballs at the statues of their gods to seek favor and forgiveness. So uh, if somebody chucks a uh, stick of butter at you, take it as a compliment. Maybe they consider you a god. Are you a god? <laughs> Are you a god? I don't think I've no. ever... No? I don't think I've ever played that soundbite this early in the show. No, that's the first, yep. But it was fitting right there. Exactly. Let's keep moving on. We're talking words are hard. Tony, the idiom for you now is mad as a hatter. So you've gone crazy. It's kind of in comparison with like the uh, Alice in Wonderland character. You're just, you're just nuts. You've lost it. Exactly. Yeah, you're completely crazy. The origin... No, you didn't already know this one because it didn't originate from Lewis Carroll's Alice in Wonderland. Its origin dates from the 17th and 18th centuries, well before Lewis Carroll's book was published. In 17th century France, poisoning occurred among hat makers who used mercury for the hat felt. The Mad Hatter disease was marked by uh, shyness, irritability, and tremors that would make the person appear mad. And so the Mad Hatter from... Alice in Wonderland was derived from this condition that uh, fell on hatters for using... Condition! Who used uh, mercury for their hat felt. I didn't realize that before. I did not know that. That's the first I've heard of that. Let's keep rolling on. Talking words are hard. We're going through the origins of some uh, more popular idioms. For instance, Tony... Cat got your tongue? The cat got your tongue means you can't, you don't have anything to say. Um, like you're at a loss for words, pretty much. Exactly. You, you nailed the meaning on the head. The origin, 
The English Navy used to use a whip called Cat of Nine Tails for flogging. The pain was so severe that it caused the victim to stay quiet for a long time. Another possible source could be from ancient Egypt, where liars and blasphemers' tongues were cut out and fed to the cats. What a treat for the cats. Yeah, that's so wonderful. <laughs> Let's keep rolling on. Talking words are hard. Last one was all about the cats. This one goes to the dogs. Your idiom, Tony, is barking up the wrong tree. Uh, you are... Oh, gosh. So when you're barking up the wrong tree, you don't know what you're talking about. Like, you think you do, but you don't. Yeah, pretty close. Uh, having misguided thoughts about an event or a situation, uh, basically a false lead. The origin of this refers to hunting dogs that may have chased their prey up a tree. The dogs bark, assuming that the prey is still there when the prey is no longer in the tree. Um, yeah, basically a uh, dog thinks it's still there, still barking at it, uh, takes the hunter in the wrong direction, which obviously the phrase, taking somebody in the wrong direction, barking up the wrong tree. Let's keep rolling on. We've got a few more left before we uh, close out this segment. We're talking words are hard. <laughs> Tony, what if I tell you, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater? Ooh, I've never heard that one. Uh, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. I, I don't know that one. I've never heard that term. Seriously. Wow. It's uh, never. Yeah, don't get rid of valuable things along with unnecessary ones. So the origin... You won't believe this one. In the early 1500s, people only bathed once a year. Not only that, Gross. but they also bathed in the same water without changing it. The adult, Gross. Yeah, the adult males would bathe first, then the females, leaving the children and babies to go last. By the time the babies got in, the water was clouded with filth. The poor mothers had to take extra care that their babies were not thrown out with the bath water. Yeah. Oh my gosh, what a... Those are hard times, man. Whoa. Definitely. Let's keep moving. <laughs> Let's keep moving on. Words are hard. How about this idiom, Tony? Go in the whole nine yards. Going the whole nine yards is going the distance. Like you're gonna see it through and you're gonna make it all the way through. Yeah, it's basically trying your best at something. Whether you make it or not, you're you're going all the way. The origin during World War II, the fighter pilots were equipped with nine yards of ammunition. When they ran out, it meant that they had tried their best at fighting off the target with the entirety of their ammo allotted to them. So I didn't realize that one either. No, I did not know that either. That's it's different. All right, and then finally, in words are hard. <laughs> No, this doesn't. This isn't a callback to our opening story. But Tony, what if uh, someone rubbed you the wrong way? You just had a bad feeling about them. You just there was something off about them, and you just didn't like it. it. Made you uncomfortable. Exactly. To bother or annoy someone. The origin: Early Americans during the colonial times would ask their servants to rub their oak floorboards the right way. The wrong way, not wiping them with the dry fabric after wet fabric, would cause streaks to form and ruin it leaving the homeowner annoyed. Alternatively, it could have derived from rubbing a cat's fur the wrong way, which annoys them. So, again, you know, those snooty early Americans and their servants. 
What would we do without them? So nuts, right? (laughs) Well, folks, that does it for this Wednesday edition of Words Are Hard. When we come back, we've got a segment called Disneyland Secrets. Don't go anywhere. We'll see you in a few. Get everything you need for the Christian Phoenix Radio Show over at phoenixmedia.us or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash phoenixmediaradio. Now back to the show. And we are back, folks, to the final segment of this hour of the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. But don't fret, there is still plenty ahead with our second hour, including our call-in topic of rejected. When were you brutally or hilariously rejected for a date? Brutally! Stay tuned to uh, listen more on that. But if you did miss a portion of the show or you want to catch up on any of the previous shows, it's easy enough to do so. Head over to phoenixmedia.us, click on the show's link, scroll on down to the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. From there, you can get video, you can get audio as well, or head over to wherever you get podcasts. Apple, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, Anchor Breaker, TuneIn, iHeart, about 20 in all. While you're there, be sure to subscribe. That way you always have the latest episode. Leave a review. Let us know what you think. Tell your friends because sharing is caring. Now, speaking of sharing, late last week, Tony shared with us on the entertainment news that Disneyland is getting ready to reopen to the public. At this point, to California residents at a lower capacity. But it is good news nonetheless. So in this segment, wanted to run down some of the secrets from previous Disneyland employees. Of course, you hear the things like uh, there's a basketball court in the middle of the Matterhorn. But there's some other things that I didn't necessarily know previously. Maybe you did, Tone. But uh, let's run through those. And we're going to run down some Disneyland secrets. Oh, boy. Hot dog. (laughs) (laughs) For instance, this one from Claire Chambers 2020 says, I worked as a custodian at Epcot in 2007. And we had to use code words over our radios for certain types of cleanups so that we wouldn't gross out any guests who might overhear. For example, if someone threw up in the park, we called that a protein spill. Oh, okay. Well, that's a nice way to put it. I wouldn't think anything else. Yeah, you definitely don't want to say, hey, somebody just puked over here off uh, the parts of the Caribbean, huh? <laughs> and uh, a little bit of a uh, callback to our opening story and uh, in Disneyland character Olaf. Apparently, he had a protein spill all over Olaf, so. <laughs> Nasty. <laughs> Just the expression on your face is priceless, Tom. Let's keep moving on with yeah. Disneyland secrets. Oh, boy. This from Crab139 says, They pump bread-flavored air out of a hollow rock on the food-adjacent roads to encourage eating. It's not the baking that smells that good. That's akin to uh, uh, you know going to an open house and the uh, real estate agent baking cookies. Just yeah, you know, it gives you those warm feelings, and of course, makes you hungry. That's crazy! I didn't know they did that. See, you learn something new every day. Let's keep moving on. We're talking Disneyland secrets. Oh boy! This one from Annie M.H., a little bit of a longer one, but it says, My brother dressed up as Tigger, Goofy, etc. in the early 90s. He said it was hot as you could imagine, and people even threw up in the costumes. He had had an accident while dressed up as Little John in a parade. There was a new float driver who swerved too close to him while crossing over a bridge. The float knocked him down and ran over his feet. The costume and work boots inside the costume uh, saved his feet, 
and he still needed extensive physical therapy, which Disney paid for. On top of all that, he had been chosen to play Prince Charming in Tokyo, but he couldn't go due to his accident. He doesn't hold any ill will towards Disney, but cast members, especially characters, are definitely prone to injuries. Now, I had heard that about uh, people potentially throwing up in the uh, uh, character heads. Could you imagine being the person to wear it after that? No. Well, hopefully they have that extra. You know, it's funny. When you said accent, I thought, like, he pooped his pants in there or something. I wouldn't be surprised if that happened, too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> See, pooped pants. pants. Let's keep moving on. We're talking Disney secrets. Oh, boy. This one. Uh-huh. <laughs> this one from Azov 237. <laughs> I was working in the kitchen at the restaurant inside of Cinderella's castle when a family of four came in for dinner. About halfway through the dinner, the husband politely stood up and tapped his glass for attention. He announced that his wife of 15 years had been cheating on him for over a year. The entire place stood still in shock. He motioned for his kids, paid the waitress, and left the wife crying at the table. Ah, Disneyland, the happiest place on earth. God, I wish I could go back in time and do something like that. Bravo, sir. Bravo. <laughs> not necessar- That's awesome! Not necessarily that, that- a Disneyland secret, but a great story nonetheless. Burn. <laughs> Burn. Speaking of Disneyland secrets, let's keep moving on. Oh, boy. Hot dog. Oh, another one from Claire Chambers 2020 says, I've never been as well-trained for a job as I was at Walt Disney World. On day one, we all went to Disney University for general orientation. Day two was another day at Disney University that was just on how to be a custodian, my position there. Day three was all about Epcot itself, which included fun facts, a tour, and getting on rides. After that, I shadowed for about two weeks before being allowed to work my own during the shift. Um, Yeah, they are extremely well-trained. If you ever ask for directions, they will never point with a finger. They will always use an open palm. Um, you know, they, they take their positions very seriously there. They have to. There's a, there's a lot of strict stuff. I, I work with a guy that uh, did the Disney University and worked there for a summer. And he said, while it was fun, it was very strict. Very, very strict. And he said that Costco's uh, above and beyond member service has nothing on Disney. No kidding. Awesome. Wow. We go above and beyond, man. So most definitely, you said there's you definitely bow down to Disney uh, guests for sure. Now speaking of uh, orientations for um, potential employees, oh boy! Apparently, oh, Di- Disney University, where we had our work orientation, was in a very discreet location or in Orlando. They don't want tourists accidentally stumbling upon it, so it's intentionally difficult to find, and it looks like a warehouse from the outside. That'd be funny if they send you like down a, a seedy alleyway and you've got to do a secret knock to get into a, a speakeasy basement just to uh, you know, learn all about your position at Disney. Yeah, I like that. That'd be awesome. It wouldn't surprise me. There's definitely some sketch magetch areas in Orlando if you go down the wrong street. Oh, yeah. Uh, parts of California, too. So, you know, Anaheim isn't uh, all nice, though most of it is. So, yeah. Let's keep moving on. Talking Disney secrets. Oh, boy. This one from Overnight Cam Girl, okay, says... Overnight Cam Girl, hot dog! My guess is uh, the Cam is cast member, because it says, Overnight cast member here, please, please leave your cremated loved ones at home. Stop dumping them in the Haunted Mansion. They just get vacuumed up and disposed of. I would imagine that happens a lot. Oh, wow. 
Man, think about that. But yeah, that is. Uh, it, it's just at least you won't know that. See, that's the thing, though. You won't know if you're spreading the ashes there. You think, ah, oh, well, they're always gonna be in there. Probably not. No, they're in some Anaheim or Orlando waste bin somewhere. Let's somewhere get... they're traveling. Hey, they're always traveling. There you go. Let's so get... it is true. There is always somebody that follows you out of the haunted mansion. You don't leave alone. <laughs> and if you Look find that. if you find a gray dusty powder on you, then you're definitely not alone. It's a ghost. Let's keep moving on. Talking Disney secrets. Oh boy. This from CL Rogers 49 says I did a college program at Animal Kingdom in 2012. Backstage, we have bikes. The backstage area of Animal Kingdom is super big and it isn't connected with utilidors like the Magic Kingdom. If I needed to go from Dino Land to Discovery Island, I would have to take a golf cart all the way around the park. Depending on where I was going specifically, I might have parked the golf cart and rode a bike to, uh, to complete my errand. It was a nice break from dealing with guests and probably got a lot of good exercise as well. Oh yeah, especially if you're not being bothered and it's out of where no one can see you. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, you know, uh, could you imagine uh, backstage just riding your bike around Disneyland or Animal Kingdom? It would be a, a quite a beautiful ride. Yeah, I think so. All right, let's keep moving on. Talking Disneyland secrets. Oh, boy. This one goes back to Disney characters and auditions from T. Muner. Says, I worked at Disneyland years ago as a character, and it wasn't just any old rando slapping on a costume. We had auditions with callbacks. First audition, we had to learn a choreographed dance routine and then had to do a bunch of improv as multiple characters. If we got called back, we had to do the same dance routine in costume. I had to dance with a massive, massive three-foot-tall sneezy head on that I could barely see out of. We had a binder of all the characters with all their bios and characteristics, and we were expected to embody them in all of our actions. And uh, I actually knew a few people who went to um, be characters in the European Disney, and they were actors. They, that's how they got called out there, is the fact that uh, it was sort of like auditioning for a television program or a play. That's nuts how that, uh, how that works out. Absolutely. And then finally, in Disneyland Secrets, oh boy, this one from Klanda Hilna, okay. At closing, you would cycle guests out. That meant you'd close the entrance to the attraction, then continue running the ride until all the guests were out. The cast members would usually ride the attraction at the end, but we did stupid stuff. I would imagine they probably did, but uh, it'd be fun to uh, you know, be a cast member at the end of closing to ride your own ride at the end of the day just to sort of oh, cap things off. Yeah, it'd be so nice. I Just kind of have the park to yourself a little bit would be pretty damn cool. That's Absolutely. Sure. Well, folks, that does it for the first hour of this episode of the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. We're heading into the long break. Go ahead and listen to the news. Take a potty break. Grab yourself some tea. And when we come back, we've got our call-in topic of rejected. When were you brutally or hilariously rejected for a date? So don't go too far. We'll see you guys in about seven minutes. Laugh it up, fuzzball. Turn up the radio. 
I'm about to do to you what Limp Bizkit did to music in the late 90s. Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. Here goes the last DJ. Wash my hands of this weirdness. Welcome back, folks, to the second hour of this episode of the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. It is Wednesday, March 10th. We are your daily dose of laughs and levity in a crazy, crazy world. Still joined by my co-host, Tony Sanfilippo. Tony, how you holding up? Did you get your tea, your zip fizz, whatever you needed to uh, get you through this fastest hour of the day? Sure did. Smoothie, tea, zip fizz, all off camera. Nice, nice. Now, uh, real quick as a programming note, uh, tomorrow we will be running a best of show. Uh, Tony has a CPR training that he has to go to, so uh, you'll enjoy a previous show, but we will be back on Friday with a brand new one. Oh, wait, that's Lamaze. That's Lamaze. Right? Like, stand alive. <laughs> Another one bites no, the no, dust. My... <laughs> yeah. Give <laughs> me fun tomorrow. Give me good. But with that being said, this is the interactive portion of the show where we want to hear from you guys, the listeners and watchers. And that's why we give the topic 24 hours in advance. Of course, the topic we give today will be 48 hours in advance because it'll be for Friday. But. Let's go ahead and handle the one for today. That number, 855-PHOENIX-RADIO. You can also go over to our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash Christian Phoenix Radio. Click into the live video and comment there. Or you can join us on the Stereo app at stereo.com forward slash Phoenix Media, where uh, we've been having fun with Stereo Roulette and uh, just the random people that pop up. But we're having fun nonetheless. Today's topic is Rejected. Basically, stories about uh, how you were either brutally or hilariously rejected for a date. Tony, you've had about 24 hours to think about this. Uh, when have you been rejected in a uh, either brutal or hilarious way? Uh, like nothing like a Ralph Wiggum. Like, I love Lisa Simpson. I'm going to marry her one day. I know. And then uh, nothing like that episode of The Simpsons. Um. I it's not so much rejection. I've been uh, ghosted, or like you, you're talking to a girl, and then it just goes, "Okay," and then it's just gone. Um, the uh, the first girl I can remember in junior high. This is going back because I can't recall being rejected. Usually, it's just it's a no thank you or it's a ghost. No, no good stories out of it. But back in junior high, I used to think I could have any girl I wanted. I had like super high confidence, and I. Back then, all you did was ask them out. They're like, okay. And then you held hands, and you were official. And it would last like a week or two. <laughs> then you had a new girlfriend. And then, you know, you'd go on and do these things. Well, the first girl to reject me was this girl, Heather Fisher. She's like, you're cute, but no. So that was kind of, that was, the, and I was like, oh. I wasn't used to ever hearing, like, no. So then after that, you ask out the next girl, no, no. And then it's like, oh, crap. That went on a long streak of no's. It makes you it makes you doubt got, yourself then, a little bit. Yeah, and then I got kind of low self confidence, and I got kind of plumpy in school, and uh, and well, there wasn't a lot. Um, 
And then, unfortunately, uh, I was the giver of one that would bite me in the ass later in life. Uh, our friend Lori, who had asked me out, and I, at the time, I think I was into somebody else, or I was just being, no, what it was, I was being a smartass or something. I don't recall why I even said this, but I said, nope, sorry, your opportunity came. I left you at the train station. And it became this train station joke even like when we had lunch uh, a couple weeks ago we discussed that she goes now you left me at the train station that was your fault so (laughs) so it became like later in life we're still great friends which is awesome but you know that's one of those like in hindsight like i did like her but for some reason i said that and i don't know why it's not like at the time i had girls knocking down my door or anything not that i do today either but still really more so then so at least not until you get a few drinks in you then you become the ladies man yeah yeah that is special yeah come <laughs> quite the ladies i just want to sit here and drink tea so i just normal you know exactly uh for me it was in college you know for the formals Guys would go out of the way to try and do something special to ask a girl to a formal. There was one girl that I liked, and uh, I did this thing. I, pro- I don't know where I got it from. Somebody probably suggested it to me, but it was this poster that I glued two little uh, goldfish crackers to and uh, um, you know, wrote on there, If how did it go? If fishes were wishes, you would have two. I hope that those wishes would be that I'd go to formal with you. Something along those lines. Really, really lame. Her simple reply? Nope. <laughs> Ouch. Yeah. yeah. It did feel good to hear no, especially in face-to-face, you know? Yeah. But I appreciate brutal honesty to beating around the yeah. bush, that's for sure. Oh, yeah, especially nowadays. Like, uh, you know, talking to some girls, it's like, dude, just communicate. Simple. You don't want to go out. We don't have to go out. It's not a big deal. Exactly. Like you, I, I don't know you. You don't know me. We've talked a little bit. Doesn't work. It doesn't work. Move on. See ya. Keep that line of communication open. And speaking of which, Absolutely. we are opening our lines of communication to you guys because <laughs> we want to hear your rejection story. So head over to Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Phoenix Media Radio. Join us on the Stereo app at stereo.com forward slash Phoenix Media. And when we come back, it is all about you guys, the listeners. So don't go anywhere. We will be right back. Get everything you need for the Christian Phoenix Radio Show over at phoenixmedia.us or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash phoenixmediaradio. Now back to the show. We are back, folks. This is the Christian Phoenix Radio Show, and we are smack dab in the middle of the interactive portion of the show where we are asking you guys for your rejection stories. When were you brutally or hilariously rejected for a date? We want to know about it. Head over to Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Christian Phoenix Radio. Click into the live video there, comment with your story, or head over to the stereo app at stereo.com forward slash Phoenix Media. Now, Tony, I know uh, we occasionally get people chiming in uh, on your end. Do we have anybody uh, chiming in with their rejection stories? None. Really? The people that normally reach out, yeah, they haven't. Uh, Stacy's said she's never been rejected. What? Um, yeah, and 
I messed with her. I'm like, oh, remember you uh, you rejected me in junior high? And she goes, wait, what? That didn't did that happen? <laughs> <laughs> so she must have rejected some dudes, but it wasn't me. Well, no, the, the girl I rejected, and it's kind of weird though when you think about it. You could think of one in college, but can you think of any other besides college? Nope. See, I can only think of the time Heather uh, Fisher gave me a, a denial in seventh grade when we were just kids. You know what I mean? But you know, we're fa- we're friends now in life. But I mean, but it's it's so weird. Like, because there's no other girls. Like, I've been I've had girls go on dates and then. It, it fizzle right after the first date where they're like, yeah, never mind, it's not for me. Like that's happened, but well, I think for guys, they're more used to being the ones being rejected, and uh, for women, being the ones who do the rejecting. You know, it, it's yeah. rarely the other way around, but you know, it could happen. And you know, if that is the case, or if you did reject somebody in a uh, fashion that uh, you know maybe uh, maybe it's worth a good story, you can always let us know. That that might be the counter one, you know, or it's a regrettable one. Yeah, you know, yeah. It's the one you're like, ah, oh, shouldn't have done that. Although that one event changed, that would have changed everything. So yeah, it's like the butterfly effect. It's, weird. You it's know. weird how it goes, but uh, no, um, that's it. I have no one that chimed in. Other than that, uh, I've reached out, uh, Mike and Lacey. Uh, Mike's driving, so hi, Mike. Drive safe. Um, he had he's she said that he's driving so he can't reply but she's said that nothing that she can think of of him being rejected and she's not been rejected so all right and they've been Which together awesome. forever i mean so. if you've never been rejected that's pretty damn good yeah good for you you know the rest of us around here are, you know we will we still cry ourselves to sleep every once in a while right yeah yeah i've had girls like where you go out and then things are going good and then like you get the lame ass lines you deserve a princess shut up <laughs> Shut up with your stupid lies. We've all Just been... say you don't say you don't want to date and move on. Yeah, we've all been friend zoned. It's all you know. It, I'm in the friend zone. Right, right. I like you, but as a friend, I I'm a I'm the king of being friend zoned. I don't know. <laughs> so I have so many friends. Oh, that's all right. Well, folks, let's go ahead and turn it over to stereo and uh, see what sort of uh, stereo roulette uh, wackiness we can get. Uh, this is always always a fun time all right let's see you are on the christian phoenix radio show we are talking about a time that you were brutally or hilariously rejected for a date do you have any stories you could share with us um stories about what about being rejected for a date you know was there ever a time that uh, you really liked somebody and and they turned you down in a, a brutal or hilarious way Mm, no, don't think so. Ah, well, you're one of the lucky ones. <laughs> you know, it's uh, I guess it's always tough when uh, you know badass like... accent. That's why exactly you got the good accent. You ain't no one turning down that. <laughs> exactly. Well, we appreciate <laughs> you chiming in. We're going to go ahead and move on to our next caller. Hi, you're on the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. When was the What's time up, man? that you were? How's it going? We're good. Uh, we're talking rejection stories. When were you brutally or hilariously rejected Hello? for a date? Yeah. Hello. Oh, man, that sucks. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, we can hear you. Hello. Do you have any stories about being rejected? Rejected? 
Yeah, I do not. for a date. No, man, I am way past all that. Not, not even in high school, college, back when you were a kid. Uh, every girl that you liked, uh, they were always down for it. Hmm. Yeah, I guess. Man, we are talking with the luckiest people in the world. Never have ever been rejected, Never. but uh, good on you. They you know, were always, that's, they, that's yeah, that's always good. They were DTF, man. It's not that I haven't been rejected. It's just I cannot remember. It's, it's been a while, man. There you go. You put it out of your memory. <laughs> that's good, man. I, I, Flash I'm it old. out. I'm, I'm old. I don't know about you guys. It's I'm, I'm almost nearing uh, 50, so... It's going to take me uh, some brain juice to remember all that crap. <laughs> Not a problem. Yeah, you've got a 10-year lead on us, but uh, we appreciate you chiming in. Uh, drop us a follow, and hopefully you can chime in again. Will do. Cool. Sounds good. Appreciate it. All Bye, right, let's keep moving on uh, with our stereo roulette. Uh, you're on the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. We're talking rejection stories. When were you rejected for possibly a date? I was denied yesterday. I asked out my sister Clarice's friend, and she said that uh, my chin hairs were too hairy, so she <laughs> said no. Hi, how's it going? You're on the Christian Phoenix radio show. Nope. All right, you are on the Christian Phoenix radio show. We're talking rejection stories. When were you brutally All or right, hilariously rejected on a date? Is it the same dude? Christian, what's up, bro? Oh, you know, uh, we're we're doing pretty good. We're uh, doing a radio show here again, talking rejection stories. Uh, any rejection story from oh, your past shit. you'd love to share? Is this broadcast live to the whole world? Holy shit! Oh, yes, God. it is. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> where are you? Where do you got? Where are you guys? Where are you at? Uh, I'm based in Reno, Nevada. My buddy out of uh, Colorado, and uh, we're on internet radio all around the world. Right on. I don't know, man. Rejection stories? Like, yeah, maybe hmm. high school, you asked a girl out on a date and, uh, you know, she turned you down in a uh, brutal way, or, or maybe it was hilarious. Jeez. <sighs> or maybe you're no, one I, of the I lucky ones. I'd hate to give you guys dead air. Yeah, I mean, that's the last thing I'd want, but. Um, it's a part of life, man. You guys got guys got to get used to it. Guys got I mean, getting rejected all the time. It's, it's it's no big deal. Like, you know, I mostly am am chatting with women through dating apps. I'm in New York City, so there's not a you know we're still masks on here, and a lot of stuff is still closed down. So there's not a lot of not a lot of in person stuff, in person. So it's it's really easy to get rejected all the time. So you just become sort of desensitized to it. So and on, um, on yeah, the- like. Uh, on the apps, you know, you run into the bots all the time who uh, you think, oh, man, she's oh, really yeah. into me. And turns out she's not even a real person. Yeah, I mean, you got to if you're savvy enough, you can get to a point where you sort of can weed those out. You have to understand, like, what apps you're on as well. Like, typically Tinder is the one is like the worst one for that. But um, you're if, you, if you're good enough or you're on it enough and you see enough, like if it's too good to be true, like it certainly is like. I had a guy, there's these extortion scams out there running around now. Like, I had yep. a buddy of mine who, like, got off the app and they were chatting on, like, I don't know, whatever the hell it's called, um, the WhatsApp or whatever. Yeah. And 
she yeah. was this hot chick. It was convincing him to send like very compromising photos and videos of himself, and then like threatened to message them out to his entire. Because you, if you get somebody social, like it's all connected nowadays, right? Instagram, Facebook, whatever, and then threatened to like send all that out to all of his contacts or you know his LinkedIn connections and stuff like that if they didn't get X amount of dollars by X amount of time. So he was just like, okay, like go ahead and do it. Like <laughs> I have no shame, but I know it's not real. So. <laughs> yeah. You always got to worry but about those guys get people by the thousands, man. I mean like every, they, they get people like all they, all they need is one sucker. Right? Exactly. Like, and they're set. Yeah. It's all about volume. Now in the dating apps, do you have a, a hint maybe for listeners that uh, maybe is a surefire way to uh, engage somebody on a dating app? Yeah, so the tip with the dating app, like, we're also visual creatures. I mean, guys more so, but, I mean, even women because, like, women have so many options these days. I mean, it's just, like, if if you go to a woman's dating, like, I know every girl that I know that's on the dating app, like, not a single one of them has notifications turned on. So guys have to understand a couple of things. First, like, do not freak out if the girl is not replying to you within, like, a couple of hours or even sometimes like a couple of days or weeks because like they're getting just likes and likes and likes and likes all the time and so i mean a girl can sit there on her phone and just swipe right for an hour and just have 120 dudes like in her inbox so you know guys have to just be patient but the biggest thing too is like you've got to stand out like you've got to have some decent pictures there's some definite do's and don'ts i mean that can be with you know a podcast and, and a conversation within itself like What's really important is, you know, you want to be making eye contact with the camera. You need to have decent shots. Like, you don't want to mirror selfies. Obviously, stay away from those. Anything that's just <laughs> low quality, yeah. right? So, definitely want to have pictures that involve you hanging out with buddies or, at the very least, like, doing some hobbies and things you enjoy. There's no worse, there's nothing worse than, like, a guy that will take six or seven pictures and it's just him standing in front of a mirror or, like, selfies off his Mac. So, as far as... <laughs> getting a match and and the best strategy it's always being direct right like i talk to girls all the time on these things and girls that i go out with or even friends that i have that are on them and they're like there's nothing worse than matching with a dude and you guys just go back and forth for a couple of hours and then you just stop talking right like you gotta ask them out so I, I typically, I, I typically based on my usage of it, I kind of break down girls into three different categories. So you've got the categories of girls that are on there that, you know, are just on there for, that are never going to, you're never going to hear from them, right? You can message them, you can match them. Like they're already on to somebody better looking than you that is a better option. So you just move on. <laughs> then you've got category number two where it's like, okay, maybe you're matching a little bit, but you know, you've asked a girl out, oh, like, I don't know, like follow me on this or I got to check my schedule and a lot of girls are on this to supplement their need for attention so and then you've got category three girls that are actually will go out with you meet up with you you know maybe they'll make you do a FaceTime you know screen essentially beforehand but they're a little more likely to meet up so you know it's purely a numbers game when it comes to the dating app world I think a lot of reason guys get upset and, and really are ready to just throw their phones in the trash after like a week or two on Bumble or Hinge or whatever is just because they don't understand the sheer amount of volume it takes to get like a decent stream of likes, matches, and things like that. So it's not easy in today's world in general, but especially if you're going to go the dating app route, like it's, it's, 
you're got to constantly be sourcing and swiping and just putting up numbers. Exactly. Yeah. It comes down to be creative, be direct. Those are great hints that uh, avoid being rejected. We appreciate you chiming in. Hopefully you'll drop us a follow. Chime in again uh, at a later date. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Thanks for being on. You got it. Yeah, right on. Be cool. All right. Well, folks, that does it for this segment. Uh, I got to find my yeah, was, uh, outro that was, music. That was enlightening. I'd have to say he's uh, he is right on all that. All that was nails on the head there. Exactly. Well, folks, when we come back, we've got a segment called Unpopular Opinions. Some of us have them. Some of us don't. That's why they're unpopular. But don't go anywhere. We will be right back. Get everything you need for the Christian Phoenix Radio Show over at phoenixmedia.us or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash phoenixmediaradio. Now back to the show. We are back, folks. This is the Christian Phoenix Radio Show, and we have a little thing that we talk about a couple times each show. It is the Phoenix Line, our 24-hour day, seven-day-a-week voicemail line, giving you guys the opportunity to chime in on anything whatsoever including our call-in topics of the day. Now, quick reminder, we are running a best of tomorrow. So the call-in topic for Friday is gonna be permanent shifts. Basically, what has occurred during this pandemic that you see as sticking? What What is never gonna go back to normal? We wanna hear your thoughts on that. So give us a call at 855-PHOENIX-RADIO. That's 855-F-E-N-I-X-R-D-O or 855-336-4973 for the alphanumerically impaired. All we ask is that you keep it entertaining. We'll compile those together, put them out in a future show. Now, in this segment, we've titled Unpopular Opinions. Sort of self-explanatory. You know, what is an opinion that you have that uh, maybe other people don't agree with? For me, it is driver's licenses. I think that people should be retested once every 10 years, road test, written test, to ensure that, uh, one, they have the capability, and two, they have the mental capacity to be driving on the roads because I'd say half of the people out there right now have no, they don't deserve to be on the road. It's uh, They have no idea what the rules of the road are, and, and it's it's just frustrating. Um, Tony, any unpopular opinions pop into your mind that uh, you hold? Um. No, well, I agree with you on the driving one because after being in Florida, man, I was frightened, like, to be on the road driving, and I, I paid attention. I was on my extra best behavior for driving, which I still, still seem to scare the crap out of uh, one of my friends. But uh, one, you know, which it, well, no, on that, on that, oh. on that trip, <laughs> one, like, and it made me think of you because you're always scared when I drive. But I think it's just because you and her both like to be in control of the situation driving. So when you have to put your trust in somebody else, it's a little more. So one little thing might kind of quirk you. But that being said, Florida drivers, frightening. Like they'll get up next to you, they'll cut you off. They don't give a shit. They don't give a shit. So, you can say it. Uh, yeah, I almost stopped myself and I was like, man, I can say it. Uh, but I don't know off the top of my head if I have any unpopular opinions. Um, well, let's go, uh, let's go through these ones. We'll go maybe. through some, and I'll chime in, and I'll let you know. Yeah, but maybe I'll it'll spark something up. for you. Yeah. All right, uh, let's start with our first one. Oh, yeah! This from Brandon, the DJ, says, uh, Kids who succeed academically deserve scholarships more than kids who are good at sports. People who work their asses off have to struggle more so than people who are good at a sport. 
It's just like how doctors are paid less than NBA players. One saves lives, the other plays basketball competitively. Um, I don't necessarily disagree with that, but at the same time, sports is what drives revenue into a lot of these colleges. So there's a little bit of give or take, but uh, it is an unpopular opinion to take. Absolutely. I do feel like in that vein, though, the teachers should be paid a hell of a lot more. I do, too. You know, they're the ones teaching these athletes. You know what I mean? Like they're giving them the education. They're also developing the future of uh, of the world, you know, all over. And I feel like uh, having a lot of friends that are teachers, they are just extremely underpaid for what they do. Yeah, it's strange because, you know, being a teacher, obviously, uh, beyond just the school hours, which are a little less than, you know, normal work hours would be, you know, you get holiday weekends, holiday weeks, summers off, which are all great. That should all be part of the benefit. But, you know, you're grading papers, you're putting lesson plans together, and uh, most of all, you're teaching the kids. And uh, if we've learned anything from this whole pandemic thing, we don't want to do it ourselves. No. I, well, I don't have to, but I get it with like you and uh, all my other friends that have kids. It's it's not easy. So, you know, it's one of those things like and to have to do to teach all these kids and then deal with parent teacher conferences and deal with like this day and age where my kid, my kid can do no wrong. You know, everyone deserves a, uh, a participation trophy, that kind of stuff. I mean, it's tough. It's a lot to deal with. No, no. Hold those kids accountable and pay the teachers to do so. Let's keep moving on with unpopular opinions. Oh, yeah! Here's one from Ponner7777. I somewhat agree with this. Automakers should stop replacing buttons with massive touchscreens. Yeah, sure, it's futuristic and all, but all of them are just becoming a hassle and a hazard. I shouldn't have to spam tap a screen to change the climate controls, whereas a dial would be much simpler and easier to use. The screens are basically impossible to use with gloves on if you live in a colder place, and frankly, most automakers just suck at making them. They are super laggy, hard to use. Cars can still look modern with clean button and dial interior setup and perhaps a smaller screen to display information. The infotainment system should not have to consistently take the driver's attention off the road. Uh, I think there needs to be a good mix of the two. Uh, If I have Mm -hmm. to hit five buttons just to get into my climate control, it doesn't make any sense. There should be physical buttons and dials that I can control it with there. As opposed to, you know, trying to set up a nav or my Apple CarPlay, whereas, you know, that is more geared towards the touchscreen. Yeah, and I love the touchscreen thing. I But the mix, I agree with you. You got to have more of that. Um, because I, the uh, Jeep I had in Florida, one of the mo- annoying features was if I wanted to change the track of the next song, there was no physical button to do like on my car i have now i just have to hit my right thumb it's on my steering wheel right right? next song i don't have to mess with the screen but with this one it's like i had the navigation on to get around so i don't see what screen so then i have to not like it's hard but when you're driving and taking your eyes off the road i agree with that because now i have to hit the spotify icon and then you have to bring up now playing you got to tap in that right corner to see what's playing then hit the next track you know, or I could just reach down to the phone and do it too. But either way, it's a distraction. So a simple button would be good. So I somewhat agree with that too. I do too. Uh, now this next one. Oh yeah. We're talking unpopular opinions. I absolutely 
agree with this from Binary says, uh, I hate restaurants companies that only have Facebook pages rather than a website. I deleted Facebook in 2011 and since never looked back if, and if anything, so glad that I did. The issue now, Facebook is so integrated into day-to-day -day life, people only use that for advertising. I hate getting emails about, win this product. Then you read how to enter and they say, like us, follow us, or repost us on Facebook to be entered. Or a restaurant which is Facebook only and clicking the link, you are greeted with a million login screens and limited information. Websites are so easy to set up nowadays. I mean, you just drop, drag and drop a few little things in uh, for a simple website. You don't need a Facebook page in order to do it. You know, especially if it's a restaurant, you know, having, having people get to your menu and your information when you're open and you're closed. Facebook is not the way to do that. No, it's a good tool. But for somebody that doesn't want to use Facebook, absolutely you should have a, a website. Um, it's always good when you're looking on Google and you have the options of like, uh, what, what's the best Chinese in my area? And you got like options, like you want to go to the website so that way you could actually see the stuff, you know? I love reading the star reviews, things like that. I mean, those are helpful too, but I like to go to the website to kind of see what they got going on. And I do like the feedback because sometimes going to a new restaurant, you, you definitely want to rely on some feedback there. It's, yeah, it's a little bit of a roll of the dice depending on uh, the type yep. of restaurant. It's always 50-50. Exactly. Let's keep moving on with unpopular opinions. Oh, yeah. This one from Neo is my dad says, screw you if you record yourself giving things to homeless people. You see it all over the internet these days, people recording themselves giving food or money or whatever to homeless people. All it is for these people is a personal boost, a way to get views on the internet and make themselves feel important. I think these actions should be shot down, not praised, and receive 10 million video views. If you're really this good of a person you claim to be, you would give it to the homeless person, give it to shelters, help people, and not tell anyone else about it. It's that simple. I agree. You know, I've made it a personal mission not to necessarily give money to homeless people because you don't know if that's going to be used on drugs or alcohol. But uh, I'll go out of my way to buy a meal or some food or some drinks and give it to somebody homeless. And I don't have to get it on video. You know, I, it, it's something to make me feel good, not for me to get noticed on the Internet. Right. I think the only time like it's acceptable is if you're running a uh, like a canned food drive or something like a local radio station like KBPI. They do the canned food, you know, or, or jack, you know, or like jacket drives, things like that, that you have to advertise so you can get more people to do so and participate. That's great. But yeah. You don't want to be like, oh, I give I gave a hundred dollars to a homeless guy today. I feel real good right. on your on your Instagram, you know. Yeah, yeah. Now you're just waiting for the likes and and all that self. Like you're paying for those likes and stuff. Like just do it out of the kindness of your heart, which I'm sure they do. But then there's that natural part in your head sometimes where you're like, ooh, if I post this, yeah, I'm I'm with you. I, that's not something I would want to do, and I don't do if I donate. I don't even tell people about it. It's not something I said. Hey Christian, today I stopped by and gave a homeless guy food. Like, it's not gonna tell you I did that. It's just if I do it, I do it. No one. That's between me and that person, I guess. So. And that's the way it should be. Well, folks, that does it for this segment. Unpopular opinions. When we come back, we're heading into the final segment of the show. It is time for this day in history. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Bye.
Get everything you need for the Christian Phoenix Radio Show over at phoenixmedia.us or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash phoenixmediaradio. Now back to the show. Well, folks, we did it. We made it to the final segment of this episode of the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. Now, if you missed a portion of the show or you want to go back and catch up on any of the previous shows, it's easy enough to do so. Head over to phoenixmedia.us, click on the show's link, scroll on down to the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. From there, you can get video, you can get audio as well, or head over to wherever you get podcasts. Apple, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, Anchor Breaker, TuneIn, iHeart, Doozer, Dozer, Geezer, Gozer. Are you a god? No! James Hetfield dooming us again. While you're there, be sure. Be sure to subscribe. That way you always have the latest episode. Leave a review. Let us know what you think. And tell your friends, because why, Tony? Sharing is caring. You're not funny. (laughs) Sharing is caring, and which is why we do this segment each and every day to round out the show. We like to drop a little knowledge on you, hopefully make you laugh at the same time. It is time for This Day in History. Passing the globe for the stories that turn the world on its head. This Day in History. Christian Phoenix. Thanks, Siri. Much appreciated. Let's kick things off on this day in 1578. Queen Elizabeth I of England gives Johann Casimir 20,000 pounds to aid Dutch rebellion. What? A, a, a government giving people money to aid a rebellion? So glad that doesn't happen anymore. Yeah. I will give you 20,000 pounds for the rebellion. Is that your impression of uh, Elizabeth I? Yes! <laughs> Let's keep moving on. This day in 1762. We talked about this a little bit yesterday, but this is the actual day it happened. French Huguenot Jean Callas, who was wrongly convicted of killing his son, dies after being tortured by authorities. The event inspires Voltaire to begin a campaign for religious tolerance and legal reform. Falsely accused, uh, his son killed himself and... Uh, the, the torture and the murder of somebody wrongly accused. Glad to see that doesn't happen anymore. Yeah, oh, wait. exactly. <laughs> Yikes. Moving on this day in 1849, Abraham Lincoln applies for a patent and is the only U.S. president to do so for a device to lift a boat over shoals and obstructions. Um, don't know what that would look like, but uh, it's kind of cool that he was the only president ever to apply for a patent. That is cool. Out of all of them. Abe Lincoln, the only one. All right, moving on. Let's see. This next one, this day in 1876, the very first phone call. Of course, it didn't sound quite like that. Alexander Graham Bell says, Mr. Watson, come here. I want to see you to his assistant, Thomas Watson. Do you know what the uh, first proposed greeting was for picking up the phone? No, I don't. So instead of saying hello... The proposed greeting was Ahoy Hoy. Oh, is that why Mr. Burns does that in uh, The Simpsons? It certainly is. I did not know I did. I was going to say, Noy that. Because he always says, Ahoy Hoy. That's exactly it. Let's keep moving on. This day in 1888. <laughs> Heavyweight boxing champ John L. Sullivan draws Charlie Mitchell in Thirty rounds. Holy cow, that's a lot of rounds. That's a lot of rounds. Holy crap! And this guy looks uh, like your quintessential eighteen hundred boxer, you know, with the upturned mustache. Probably, you know, put your dukes up. See? Come on, I'm John Sullivan. I'm gonna go thirty rounds with you, Charlie Mitchell. I'm gonna hook you, look you, I'm gonna, I'm gonna dart, and I'm gonna wallop you right in the face. 
talking about stash. Let's move on this day in 1902. A United States Court of Appeals rules that Thomas Edison did not invent the movie camera. Sorry, Edison. Who would want to wake up next to that face every day? I'm mean. But that thing's just freaky. Face only a mother can love. Yeah, I guess. Yikes. This is probably a bad picture. Right. Let's move on this day in 1951. FBI Director J. Edgar Hoover declines a post as the baseball commissioner. Could you imagine if he was commissioner of baseball? Mm. That would be crazy. Yeah. J. Edgar Hoover, yeah, control Major League Baseball. He and his G-men. He made my G-men. Dropping some uh, fisticuffs on uh, those salary caps. Yeah, they would be. All right, let's move on this day in 1963. Major League Baseball infielder Pete Rose debuts with Cincinnati at spring training in Tampa, Florida. Hits in his first two at-bats. It still blows my mind with everything he was able to accomplish in baseball that he's still excluded from the Hall of Fame. That's because the Hall of Fame's a sham. It is. I mean, I wish it was like, I mean, they have a physical one, and I'd love to go see it. Absolutely would love. And I guarantee you... He's probably honored in there some way, like something he's done, but he doesn't get the title, which is so stupid. Always an asterisk. Let's move on. This day in 1969, James Earl Ray pleads guilty to the murder of Martin Luther King Jr. Yeah. I I hope he got the electric chair or something along those lines. Yeah. Yeah. He looks scary. In happier history, this day in 1970, oh, your favorite Tony, Barbara Streisand records The Singer and I Can Do It. I mean, those those are on your uh, your workout oh, playlist for sure, right? yep. They're on my uh, repeat playlist, on repeat. <laughs> Moving on this day in 1978, Tony, you would not like me when I'm angry. Yes, The Incredible Hulk starring Bill Bixby as David Banner premieres on CBS. I forget what the explanation was why he wasn't called Bruce Banner. They used yeah. Bruce's middle name of David. Uh, there was an explanation, but uh, I forget exactly. You wouldn't like me when I'm angry. I'm Bill Bixby. <laughs> I, I still enjoy the Sad Hulk music. You know, that played yeah. at the end of each episode. It was that piano tune. I wish I had it pulled up. I'd, I'd certainly play it. Yeah, it's funny. I'd, I could YouTube it, but the segment will be over by that point. Exactly. Let's move on. This day of 1990, sorry, 1988, an avalanche at a Swiss ski resort, Closters, nearly kills Prince Charles. Of course, he was saved by those giant ears helping, uh, you know, sail him to the top. So, <laughs> I pictured that whole image like in Family Guy animation style and him flying out with big ears. <laughs> I don't know why. Oh, that's, I, that's how I just pictured that entire story. It's a fun visual. Moving on. <laughs> this day in 1997, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, created by Joss Whedon and starring Sarah Michelle Gellar, premieres on WB Television Network. Of course, uh, Joss Whedon's going through his own woes right now uh, mm-hmm. through the treatment of actors, and, and apparently he was notoriously hard to work with. Yeah, which is crazy. He's put together a lot of good pop culture shows and stuff, but uh, yeah, even even Buffy spoke out against him, so... Uh, it's one of those things. Sarah Michelle Gellar, man, I always had the hots for her, too, when I was in the 90s. I did, too. She still looks good. Uh, her husband, yeah. Freddie Prince Jr., looks a little like Skeletor right now. 
<laughs> they've been together since uh, since I know what you did last summer. So that's a long time they've been together. Yeah. Well, and they haven't been like huge stars in the limelight, so maybe that's helped. But uh, we digress. Yeah, Let's sure. move on. This day in 1997, the Palm Pilot, as developed by Jeffrey Hawkins, is released. Remember the Palm Pilot? Yeah, everybody. Like, you weren't... I didn't have one, but, like, the people that had them, I was jealous. Because this one kid at uh, the original Costco I worked at in Carson, he had one. And he was, like, playing Sonic the Hedgehog on it. Because, like, that was early. You could mod some of them to do things. And I was like, oh, my God, I got to get this thing. I never did. But. Well, and it was the precursor to the smartphone, which, uh, obviously, most people can't live without now. Yeah, the Palm Pilot. Wow. And then finally, this day in 2015, the family of Marvin Gaye win a record $7.3 million lawsuit for music copyright infringement against Robin Thicke, Pharrell Williams, and T.I. That is a huge, huge settlement. But if you listen to those side by side, I think we were even going to do a, a segment one day where uh, plagiarized music was the feature. I like that. Um, Mine goes ding, 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 da, da, ding, ding. There's goes dong, 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 da, da, dong, dong. <laughs> Ah, oh, ridiculous. Was that for Blurred Lines? I think I it think was. That was. I'm pretty yeah. sure it was. Well, folks, before we close out the day today, let's run down some of today's holidays. Where we go through and, well, celebrate uh, the holidays for today. We have a lot to get through, but uh, most importantly, today is Super Mario Day. It's me, Mario. <laughs> it is Discover What Your Name Means Day. It is Festival of Life in the Cracks Day. That might have a different connotation, depending on how you look at it. It is Histotechnological Professionals Day. That's a mouthful. It is International Bagpipe Day, the worst history, uh, worst musical instrument in the history of man. It is Landline Telephone Day, which nobody has anymore. It is National Blueberry Popover Day. Yeah, I'll take a pass on that. It is International Day of Awesomeness. Okay, I'll celebrate that. Registered Dietitian Nutritionist Day. It is Pack Your Lunch Day. It is No Smoking Day. Salvation Army Day. And U.S. Paper Money Day. Whew, was... Paper Mario! A lot to get through, but folks, we will be back on Friday. Best of show tomorrow. So join us then. In the meantime, enjoy your Wednesday. Peace.